Bill, we're on the second Sunday of the season of Epiphany, and we get uh, John's version of the call of the disciples uh, and Nathaniel making rude comments about Nazareth. What's that all about? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, interesting, isn't it? It, it uh, lines up as very complex against the Matthew and Mark readings, which we can't say too much about because we're calling disciples in Mark next week. Yeah. Uh, so we'll leave that one aside. But um, you you kind of feel like you've got half of the um, account here, don't you? That There are some bits in between that have been left out. Because to be sure, as is typical of uh, John, uh, there's a lot going on here. Um, and you have to ask yourself, uh, you have to ask yourself what the things like the word found mean. What's yeah. the problem with Nazareth? Um, what does knowing me mean when Nathaniel asked that question? What's the fig tree? Um, there's a lot of questions here in uh, in John's Gospel, I reckon. I agree. And I think um, it, if, if we focus on Nathaniel, who's the uh, most interesting character here, uh, I reckon Nathaniel is a geographical determinist. He's all about where somebody's from, what things uh, matter in that place, so getting stuck into Nazareth, and then when he asked Jesus that very strangely worded question, where did you get to know me? Um, it's all about determinism, and this is geographical determinism. And this comes immediately after the prologue, where it's all about universalism and the entire cosmos. And now we're reduced to, is Nazareth the place where goodness can come from or not? Real contrast. Yes, you're right. But... But to be fair, this is the culture of Jesus' day. Um, it doesn't work for us. I mean, the moment you say what town you're from and who your family are, you've given away all of the social messaging that you needed to about yourself as an individual. You know, forget that you might play the violin or uh, that you might walk to school or any of those sorts of things. Um, tell me your family. Uh, tell me your town. And I've got you. Um, I think I it needs know, to be said... I'm not sure where that's that? away from that, you know, like um, it, it, uh, we know you and I both know lots of people who've come as refugees from various places. I know a lot of um, Iranian refugees and, uh, you know, they have all kinds of problems in getting past where they're from down to who they are. So you're right, but maybe not completely far away from it. Yeah, I think to um, to salvage the text, I don't think Nathaniel is actually being rude about Nazareth. Um, as I read it, and you can correct me or argue with me, as I read it, Nathaniel's a faithful Jew. He's a good, um, upright, upstanding member. He, he probably belongs alongside Simeon from last week's reading in Luke. Um, yeah. You know, he might be waiting for the consolation of Israel and keeping faith. Um, I think the fact that Jesus saw him under the fig tree uh, is more than a geographical identification. Um, I take the fig tree to be symbolic of the teachings of Judaism. But I think what Nathaniel might be telling us is that Nazareth is not Jerusalem. If you're looking for Moses and the fulfilment of the law, if that's what this text is all about, which I think it is, you wouldn't look to a country town in Galilee for that to happen. So if if Nathaniel's looking for clues about the person who's going to fulfil the law of Moses, um, he's a bit surprised to be told we found him in Nazareth. 
Yes, I, I think that's right. I think it, it um, in that historical sense, it does try to deal with the fact that it's something this strange comes about. Uh, but I would take it um, in relation as a kind of literary device in relation to what we've just read in the prologue as the difference between the geographical locality and the universality of this story that John's going to tell about this Jesus who happens to be from Nazareth, but is actually, if we if we have read the prologue, which of course in the story Nathaniel hasn't, that the prologue tells us that Jesus is not from Nazareth, he's not even from Israel, he's from the cosmos. Um, and then I think what we've got here is, is Nathaniel moving from, on a pilgrimage, he's going, if you like, from pedant to pilgrim. You know, he's moving in a completely new direction, which is why he's invited to come and see. Um, and that regardless of his urge to indulge in a, you know, a bit of a, a diatribe on the dismal character of Nazarenes, he, he stays silent and his certainty about the way the world works becomes uncertainty. The fix becomes, you know, liminal and everything becomes more mystery rather than knowing. And I think that's he plays that role in this text as he moves, as the gospel will then move on to more of these mysteries uh, in chapter two. Yeah, but but there is an awful lot of revelation of identity in this text. Um, Jesus is able to um, assuage uh, Nathaniel's fears about Nazareth by saying, I saw you under the fig tree, and immediately Nathaniel declares him rabbi, uh, son of the most high God. So there's a lot of revelation of identity going on, um, which, again, is um, symptomatic of John's gospel. Um, this is not just a fisherman saying to a couple of other fishermen, come and join me and I'll make you fishers of men. This is um, the fulfilment of the Mosaic law. There's all of those things going on. Um, so, so I think those are important that we pick up on, on the symbols um, that are evident here. And, yeah, I agree. and the fact that Jesus is able immediately to blow Nathaniel's reservation out of the water by some revelation, which is perhaps a little bit cryptic or lost to us. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, and I think that uh, that kind of opening up is is an epiphany, which is certainly uh, appropriate for this season. Um, the idea that you are rabbi, son of, the, of God. Uh, then he also says you are the king of Israel, which is a strange uh, title. I reckon that that plays into my geographical determinist view that he's on a pilgrimage, but he's still kind of a bit stuck. He's still um, still stuck in Israel. Whereas I think Jesus is saying, as he says in a minute, um, you will see even greater things than this. Like um, you're right with son of God, but king of Israel, you know, we're moving on from that. This is this is bigger. In, in a sense, he's saying to Nathaniel, which Nathaniel can't do in the story, but go and read the prologue. See what this is really all about. This is the true light, which is already coming into your life. You know, you're beginning to see the truth because you're a person without deceit. Uh, and deceit requires treachery, requires darkness, you know, d things done underhanded um, in uh, in the shadows. Well, he's without that. So he's already on this pilgrimage. Uh, and that if he was to read the prologue and be discover what this is about at a cosmic level, then, of course, he will see greater things than this. You know, he'll see um, a glorious, joyful abundance, which is what happens at the um 
the wedding uh, where the wine is turned, uh, water is turned to wine, and even the, the clearing out of the temple will be this sort of miraculous changing of the way things are done in, is a sign that God is about doing what John says in the prologue he began in Genesis, in the beginning. Anyway. Yes, and, and perhaps it's given added weight that it happens away from Jerusalem where you might expect these things to happen. Yes. You know, the opening line of this is that Jesus decided to go to Galilee. We're not told why, yeah. um, but I think for the first century hearers, immediately you're, you're waving red flags. Oh, Galilee. Okay, we know what this is going to mean. We're yeah. away from the action. It's quiet. Nothing's going to happen. No good's going to come out of this. And yeah. yet the revelation of who Jesus is happens right there in Galilee where you wouldn't expect. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that kind of plays into the whole of the gospel story, isn't it? That light of the world came into his own, but his own didn't recognize him. Um, and that constant um, opportunity, the constant offer and welcome to come and see. You know, because seeing is so important in John's gospel that right at the beginning, this is the invitation. If you are willing to come and to see, then as you read the rest of the gospel, you will see in ways you didn't expect and you will see stuff coming to you from places that you had already determined they shouldn't be coming. It's really revolutionary. Yeah. I love the movements of grace evident in this story, yeah. that Jesus finds Philip um, and then Philip goes and finds Nathaniel and, and Jesus immediately accepts him. Um, he makes himself known, um, you know, he, he gives the revelation about the fig tree. Um, there are a lot of movements of grace in this text, um, yeah. and uh, I love that about it. And I think, uh, as you've alluded to earlier, it's a very fitting theme for Epiphany. Um, the fact that Jesus comes to us and finds us. Um, and I think I observe a lot of behaviour of the church, particularly in our season of decline at the moment, of almost panicking that God isn't acting. God isn't doing what God should do. And, you know, we've got to fill in the gaps because God's forgotten or something. And yeah. yet here is a text that says, no, God initiates in Jesus. Jesus comes, he finds, he does all that is necessary. Yeah. And if you follow what you were saying before, um, maybe that's happening in ways and places we don't expect it. So we might be looking in Jerusalem inside the church and it's all happening out there on the street or down the beach. Um, which is quite disturbing for those of us inside the structure and the institution. But I, I think... It's I mean, a great text. It is. It's a great text for country people, for people who come from out-of-the-way places. Yeah, that's true. And I think just to finish, the idea of uh, the angels of God descending and ascending um, on the Son of Man, that idea that there's no longer a barrier between the divine and the mortal, between God and humanity. There's a constant flow backwards and forwards, in and out. Um, that fits very much with the story of John's gospel, the oneness that we'll get um, later in the gospel in chapter 17 and, and on. Mate, we're a bit over time. We should we should stop this one and go do we more, epiphanies, more epiphanies next week. <laughs>